Here's the thing. Actors are often told that there is no real difference between acting on stage or acting on the camera. They're told just to bring it down, do less. <laughs> well, I say that you've been given wrong advice. <laughs> it often comes from teachers who need a simple way to avoid the truth. After this episode, you will have a clear understanding of what's needed and the difference between acting on stage or on screen. This is Casting Actors Cast, the podcast for actors from a casting director. It's time for another episode of Casting Actors Cast, insights for actors from a casting director. Each week, we show you how to advance your talent and your career with practical tips, advice, and positivity. Here he is, your host, Jeffrey Dreisbach. Well, hello and welcome to today's episode of Casting Actors Cast. I'm casting partner Jeffrey Dreisbach with the McCorkle Group in New York. Hi. How are you? I hope you're having a good day. I'm having a really good day and I'm looking forward to sharing information about this very important subject because these are questions I get all the time and not only from actors from the podcast, but also from uh, actors in classes that I teach. And so it's, I think, very valuable. Uh, to be able to tune in and, and check this particular episode out. Listen, if you're the first time coming to Casting Actors Cast, welcome. This is a place where actors come together and listen on a weekly basis. Um, as I I like to say, I'm one-man band here putting together a podcast as a casting director of over 13 years. It's a pleasure to be able to bring this information to you. I also want to just share with you that um, I'm getting such wonderful feedback from folks, and I really... Uh, I just can't thank you enough. It's been such a rewarding experience for me to hear back from you. And I encourage you to go check out the website, Casting Actors Cast, all one word, dot com. And there you're going to find some freebies if you fill out that form that says dive into the talent pool. One is a book that I wrote on doing voiceover work called Conversation Pieces out of the studio, the voiceover workshop for professional actors. It's 100 pages, it's a PDF, and you can have that absolutely free of charge. Also, there is a, um, a free uh, video, a private video, uh, called Casting Secrets, What They Don't Tell You, and that's also available to you once you fill out that form that says Dive Into the Talent Pool. By the way, I don't do any spamming or, or that kind of stuff with your email address. On occasion, I might send out an announcement about an upcoming episode or something like that, but it's not something I abuse, I can promise you that. So let's now, oh, my, my shout out to my good friends at Actors Connection. Uh, please do check out actorsconnection.com slash New York. You're going to find some really amazing classes, workshops, seminars from uh, professionals in the industry. So if you want to take some classes with actual professionals who are working in the business, there is no better way. One of the reasons, because it's all online. You can be anywhere in the world and you can take classes, workshops, and seminars from ActorsConnection.com. Uh, here's my shout out to my good friends, Colleen and Tony at Actors Connection. They do an amazing job. So please check them out. All right. Now, here's the thing. I want to share with you um, uh, the differences between acting on stage and acting on camera. So what I decided to do was to first start off today's discussion by just sharing with you a list of differences and the differences between acting on stage and acting on camera. And there are eight 
Uh, I'm sure there are more, but I'm going to share with you eight distinct differences. Now, my point in sharing this with you is just so that you can get a general idea uh, about the differences. This isn't right. This first part is not about specifically addressing how to do it. It's much more about um, having an awareness of the differences, because I think that's the best place to start. In my view, awareness is everything. If you're aware of how some of these things are working, then you're able to better strategize how you are going to work within that situation. All right, so here are some uh, uh, differences between acting on stage and acting on camera. Number one, well, you know this already, but let me just share this. Three-dimensional versus two-dimensional. <laughs> Your physical presence is different in each of those mediums. You know what I'm talking about. Let's just take, for example, an audition and you walk into a live audition. And believe me, we are going to be getting back to more and more live auditions. Although self-tape and Zoom auditions are probably going to be with us for the rest of our lives, first round auditions are just so much more economical and just make so much more sense. It's in the callback that they're going to be in person. So you are going to have that person-to-person -person connection. But let's just talk about walking into a callback. Your physical presence, your energy, the way you carry yourself, all of those indicators about who you are as an actor and how you play the character are something that we can see in three dimensions. Now, let's just take the opposite side of that as if you're doing a Zoom audition or you're doing a self-tape, it's simply two-dimensional. It's a flat surface that we're looking at. And so the difference itself isn't inherently bad or good. It just is what it is. What I would ask of you is just to really try to be objective about how you look in person versus how you look on camera. You know, it's always amazing to me that there are some really, um, it's really striking sometimes that certain actors just pop on camera in such a good way that they don't necessarily pop in life. It's so kind of, I don't know how that is. Maybe you have some interest. By the way, if you do have some advice about that, if you do have some feedback about that, please go to the website and write me a note. Let me know what you think. Also, moving on from there, um, the three-dimensional versus two-dimensional. Here's number two, the fourth wall, that's stage, versus no wall, <laughs> film and television. There are limitations and advantages to both. As you well know, if you've had some theater training or you've had some a professional experience in theater, you know that the audience is actually another character in your project, in your show, in your presentation. The reaction you get from an audience, whether it's comedy or drama, all of those things actually contribute to the overall artistic, creative outlet that those projects are. And so it's really amazing that the audience becomes a very important ingredient to that experience. Now, the fourth wall, as you know, is like what's in front of the stage. Between the stage and the audience is what we call the fourth wall. And that means if you're like on a, a set and it's in a living room, the fourth wall is actually part of the living room, but it really is the audience. So that is... Um, not a limitation, especially when you're inviting the audience to participate in uh, the experience of your project or the experience of your, your playing. But here's the thing. 
In film and television, there is no fourth wall. You see, the camera is not the audience. The camera is not there to judge you. The camera is simply an inanimate object that happens to be present in the space. Now, many actors for on film and television, it's really kind of cool how you can see literally how they use the position of the camera to their advantage. It's not that they uh, pretend the camera doesn't exist. They have an awareness of where that camera is placed so that they can put themselves in the best possible light for whatever that scene is. But it's really interesting to me that many times actors try to ascribe, ooh, good word, the same energy toward an audience that they do toward a camera. And they are not the same. So there is a distinct limitation and there are distinct advantages to both. Number three, casting the role of the audience in each venue. Well, as I alluded to earlier, the audience is an active participant in the overall creative process when you are on stage. The audience is there only in your imagination if you need it. The bottom line is when you are on camera, there really isn't an audience. Awareness of the camera is one thing. Being aware of your own sensibilities and your own comic timing and your own uh, presence on camera, those are all very, very subjective things. That's much more objective when you have an audience in a stage production. So when you cast the role of the audience, keep in mind that the venue does make a difference. How important is the audience for our film and television project? Sometimes not at all. <laughs> also, in theater, sometimes it's really valuable and important to not give too much weight and value to the audience's reaction. Uh, sometimes certain projects really demand that you stay focused and concentrated on what's taking place in the world you're creating and not necessarily include the audience. So there are variables on both sides of that argument, I think. But let's just talk about, and this is number four, the differences that exist are really in energy and in focus and in range for stage and for the camera. Energy, focus, and range. You see, when on stage, you understand that there's a certain quality of the energy that you have in the characters that you're playing, simply because you need to communicate where your character is coming from to an audience, to the rest of the people that are participating in the production. The focus is the same thing. Sometimes the focus is very um, more broadly based because it is a stage production, although it's not diminished in any way for, for stage, I mean for um, film, it can be something that needs to be paid attention to um, when you are on stage. Uh, range, though, is the other thing. The range for stage and for camera can be very, very different as well. And so there's value in really understanding that energy, focus, and range can be different depending upon the venue that you are working in. Number five, the process of acting on stage versus acting on camera, something I've talked about before. But let's just repeat this scenario. 
You know, when you're hired to be in a stage production, the, the rehearsal process can be anywhere from three to six weeks. And so you have that three to six week period to work on the project, work on your character. You can develop and you can grow the choices that you make based on the work with the other actors, the direction. Um, all of those elements contribute, but that is a conditioning process for stage over a three, four, or five, or even six-week period of time. So in stage work, in theater, you have several weeks. In film and television, you might have several minutes. You do not have the same kind of dimensionality uh, when you're working on a film and television project that you might have for a stage project. Not that it's any less work for film and TV. It just means that there's a different frame of reference. And the frame of reference that I'm talking about when you're acting on film and television is that you have to start with the foundation of who you are first. Your background, your life experience, your physicality, all of those things that make you you are the basis of any character you're going to play in film and television. Then you develop very quickly choices and decisions based on how you've chosen to play the part, how you've decided to play the character. And so that's why theater background is so valuable for a lot of film and television actors, because you know the process, but because of the conditioning, it might feel a little bit uncomfortable. The conditioning in theater is just simply different for film and television. Okay, does that make sense? Let's move on to number six. This is a good rule to kind of keep in mind as we explore the differences between acting on stage and acting on camera. When you're acting on camera, you are always acting. In other words, you don't stop, you don't shift, you don't simply split the interaction with you and the other player. You are always reacting and you are always acting when the camera is on. You must. You don't know whether or not the editor is going to take the reaction or going to show you delivering the line. And so therefore you must always be actively participating and actively acting. <laughs> I did say that, <laughs> actively acting. Now listen, when on stage, you've been trained, you have to split the inter interaction. You must not try to steal focus from the other character when you're on stage. It's important that you just adhere to their sort of basic rules of understanding that when you're working with another character on stage, you have to give to that other character. Now, you give to the other character on film and television, so don't get me wrong here, but there is a split interaction. There is a way in which you simply must give focus to the other character in order to advance the story, in order to make the production as clear as possible. Now, I know these are generalities to some degree, but you understand what I'm talking about. The difference is that you're always acting when you're on camera, and you must have that split interaction when you are on stage. Number seven, here's another one. When you're on the set, you don't have the same amount of time to work out your familiarity. Does that make sense? In other words, sometimes you just, you show up, 
you, you're put on a set that you've never seen before, and suddenly you have to really invest in um, understanding what it feels like to be on this particular set. Like, for example, if you're showing up and you're playing the role of a, a doctor um, on a show and on a television show and you show up and it's a hospital corridor and you don't have the same familiarity um, that you do on stage. On stage, you have uh, rehearsals. You have a week, you have audiences, you have blocked out the movements. So everything there is very, very clear over a period of time. You don't have the same time to work out the same familiarity on stage that you do when you get film and television work. Sometimes you just have to show up on the set and then start acting. So you don't really have that same comfort level. And that can throw some actors. However, now that you know that, it's really valuable that you can walk into a set and you can decide what needs to have focus, what needs to have attention, and how can you get as comfortable as possible in this unique situation. And number eight, this is kind of interesting as well. Um, blocking, for example, on film and television it amounts to, in many, many cases, just hitting your mark. In other words, there's a little mark on the floor, you enter the scene, you stand on your mark, you deliver your words, you have your interaction, you're acting, 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 and then you exit or whatever, whatever the blocking is. The blocking is extremely specific for camera angles. And that's why many times, especially in films, the blocking is very limited. There's not an extensive amount of movement that takes place simply because the camera can't track everything that's happening. So that's what I call hitting your mark. On stage, what I call it is marking your hit. In other words, making moments and blocking can be very, very integral to the overall production value when you mark your moments with the blocking you've rehearsed. Once again, it has to do with having that rehearsal period of time versus probably having virtually no rehearsal whatsoever when you're acting on camera. So understanding the difference, hopefully, is going to uh, not be a surprise for you, not throw you. And of course, that's why we're bringing this up. Now, here's a list of things to incorporate into each environment, a list of things to incorporate into each of those separate performance venues. Here's something that both need to have, that both really do require, is you make sure that the character you're playing is completely inhabited in your body. That's valuable not only for film and television work, but it's really valuable for stage work. I've seen many, many times, and this is also, um, I have to say this, I've seen a lot in audition, is that we really need to see the character inhabited in your body, really present in how you carry yourself physically. So that's a really important consideration for both. So the physicality becomes a crucial element. Here's another one for uh, both stage and screen. Interesting choices always work. It's always valuable to continue to make interesting choices. For you to be thinking, and this has happened, I think, many times in the film and television world where actors from the theater going into film and television, 
they sometimes, not always, but they sometimes think in cliches. They think in terms of, oh, this is how I see, and this is what I've experienced when I've watched television, so I'm going to act that way. (laughs) Does that make sense as I explain it? So just remember that interesting choices are really critically important for both film and television and for stage. Here's another, uh, here's a difference between the two. On the stage, you need to reach the back row, both verbally, with your energy. You need to really be heard. Now, I know a lot of times, almost all the Broadway productions, everyone's mic'd. I get that. But still, there's a theater tradition about being able to vocally communicate to the back row, not only with your voice, but also with your energy and your presence. The difference, of course, is obvious on the screen. You only need to reach the other person that you're talking to on the screen. And that might be 18 inches away. And so it's not about projecting anything, but it really is about being present with the environment that you are in. Being present with the stage experience means you do need to exemplify that character in a world that happens to incorporate a larger physical space. In film and television, it's not that. It's very small. And so it's not about doing less or bringing it down. It's about being truthful with that environment. Okay, let's just take a moment. If you've really been paying attention to what I've been sharing with you right now, I've just made you a lot of money. And I'm a little pissed off because I'm not getting 10%. I'm just going to put that out there. (laughs) All right, moving on from that. On stage, you share the focus with the other actors. On screen, you're always reacting to individual moments. So you're always reacting. You're always listening and processing on screen. On stage, it's a different kind of monster. Um, There are always... In my view, there's always um, an exchange. It is a back and forth. That's not necessarily the case when in film and television. Let's just take a really quick example of that. When you're doing an episodic television show or a procedural television show, you'll do the master shot, which is the two actors in the scene. And then you do one over-the-shoulder shot where the camera is behind you over your shoulder looking at the actor. And then the scene is done the second time. And then the camera moves to that actor's shoulder that you're having a scene with, and the entire scene is shot again. You see, it's in post-production where the editor and the director make the decisions about, do I need the reaction here or do I need the informational line that's being delivered? What does that mean? That means no matter when you're shooting this, you must always be reacting. You must always be giving to the other actor. You must also be always be processing that information. On stage, it's a different monster. Like I said earlier, it's about giving focus. It's about sharing the experience rather than reacting to the experience. Here's number five. Um, And this is something I just said a moment ago, but I have to reiterate for both uh, film and television and for stage, you must always be truthful. It's always simply about telling the truth and making the choices that you choose to make and making interesting choices at that. Number six, try to remember for both film and television and for theater, it's never about you or your character. 
It's never about you. That means that you are always giving focus and energy to the other character in the form of good listening. And good listening always keeps you from that dreaded third eye, from you watching yourself. That's something I see very, very often in auditions. Because you're nervous, because you're in a new environment, because maybe you feel insecure about not having put enough time into the work of playing the part, that you resort to those little tricks, those little mannerisms that you know have worked in the past with other projects. Here's a tip. If you decide that the scene is always about the other and your energy is going towards the other and you're also really listening to the other and what they are saying, that really does remove you from watching yourself. And guess what? That's a good thing because that opens you up to really interesting creative choices. The way I look at it, and this is number seven, is on screen, I call that acting, acting. I call that instant acting. On stage, it's conditioning over time. Here's what I mean by that. Many times, stuff that you shoot in a film or a television project are not in order. That means you have to be really familiar with the arc of the character. So you might be shooting this scene this day, and the next scene you're shooting a completely different scene, which means you're in a completely different place emotionally. And so it's really instant acting. You really have to know the script well enough to know where you are emotionally at any given moment that you're shooting the film or television project. On the screen, you have an arc. You have conditioning over time. You have the ability to go from one emotional place to another emotional place in your work. And that's an important difference that I think many stage actors going into film and television get a little bit frightened of. They're just not secure about having this sort of disjointed emotional through line. Um, it's not comfortable. But let me just say that that's just because of the conditioning from, film and from stage work. That's just conditioning that you've had experience because you, you might have had more uh, stage experience. All right, uh, number eight, on screen, the emotion that your experience is, is non-sequential. On stage, the emotion is linear. Similar to what I just said, where you are emotionally in your character, the emotional development that your character is showing in your acting is very much a linear experience when you are on stage. It is very much non-sequential when you are acting on camera. So just being aware of the differences that we just talked about can propel you into a more interesting series of choices. It's about interesting choices. Remember, it's the environment you are performing in that can determine those choices and shape your talent into a meaningful experience, whether on stage or on screen. I hope you followed this along pretty well. I know I kind of got a little muddled up a little bit in there, but I, listen, I, I hope that you got something out of it. Please let me know. My email address, castingactorscast at gmail.com, castingactorscast.com for the website. And please consider leaving a like, a share, uh, especially if you want to 
to go to iTunes and, and give me a review on how you found the podcast and what you like about it, that would mean so very much to me. I'm Jeffrey Dreisbach, and this is Casting Actors Cast. It's been great having you in our talent pool today. Your support means the world to us, so please consider sharing, liking, and reviewing this episode wherever you jump in. I'm Megan Grace Martinez. Thanks.